Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sober Speak. At Sober Speak, you will find podcasts of men and women, a woman in this particular case, sharing their experience centered around the Alcoholics Anonymous 12 Steps of Recovery. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and I will be the host of this episode. Consider Sober Speak, if you will. Your meeting between meetings. We don't really want to replace meetings, but we can supplement meetings. And I am sitting here with my new friend, Mary B. today. And Mary has brought something uh, that uh, she wants to read and that is special to her. So I'm going to let you read that, Mary. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So this is from We Agnostics. We found that the great reality... We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It is so with us. Very nice. I like that. We'll talk about that in a moment. Keep in mind, we welcome all your comments here at Silverspeak. You can contact us in a couple of different ways. If you'd like, you can go to silverspeak.com, the actual website, and click on the Contact Us tab. Or you can email us directly at sober, feedback at silverspeak.com. We not only welcome your uh, uh, um, feedback, but we highly encourage it. Keep in mind, the Silverspeak is, self, is self-supporting through our own contributions. We are not allied with any sect denomination, politics, organization, or institution. We do not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorse nor oppose any causes. Please remember we do not speak for any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride. Take what you want and leave the the rest at the curb. Thank you very much, Mary. So, okay, so the the first thing I want to ask you about it, well, actually, there's one more before that. Will you identify your sobriety day people so, for people so they know? Absolutely. I've been sober since April 8th, 1985. April 8th, 1985. And so that would be 33 years? That's 33 Is that right? years. My I was five. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you were five. Right. <laughs> right. So you'd be 38 now. Right. Yeah, yeah. well, that's great. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, the, you know, uh, well, okay, let me ask about what you read first, uh-huh. why you picked that out, why it's important to you, and get your thoughts on that a little bit. Well, there's so much. I mean, when you ask someone to pick a quote that, that means something to them, uh, you know, in all the literature, my goodness, you know, I... I could find 50,000 things that are so important to me. And, and that just seemed to come to me as I prayed and asked God to, you know, what direction this, this should go today. Because, first of all, it took me many years to see that mm-hmm. in the literature. I love that about this program. I love that my wife bought me a new book a couple of years ago, and it's like I'm seeing a whole new book because all the underlining and the highlighting is gone and I get to start from scratch and it's delicious. <laughs> and I would highly recommend that to anyone, by, by the way. Buy yourself a new book. And, and, but, but. It is delicious. It I is. love how you describe But it, it has been my experience spiritually that all the seeking and all the wandering has led me to deep down inside of myself. Mm. That is where I have met a God of my understanding, a God of love, a God of power, a God of humor, um, a God of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, so 
I, like I said at the beginning of this, and uh, we even kind of mm-hmm. chatted about this right before we began, we don't really know each other, no. right? Uh, and we're going to get to know each other a little bit better yeah, as absolutely. we go through this podcast here, which is uh, something that I, I actually love uncovering things mm-hmm. within these podcasts. It's probably my, my favorite part of doing these things. Um, and that is, I was able to hear you share in a meeting once mm-hmm. for about three minutes. <laughs> I hope I didn't go over my three minutes. No, no, no. Well, They're if you did, I didn't here. notice. Yeah. Right, right. The people <laughs> around here are kind of a little bit picky about that three minute deal that I get. So, uh, you, sh- um, and, and I want to go right into this because you actually put a phrase in there right off the bat and you already put it in right on the top of this podcast Mm. that I have actually never heard and I'm not saying this Mm. is good Mm -hmm. but I have never (laughs) heard in an AA meeting before Mm. right in the ones that I go to Mm. right you're a woman obviously Mm -hmm. and I heard you say right off the bat Mm -hmm. my wife and Mm -hmm. I go that's vulnerable. I want Mary mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I want her to come by and uh, to mm-hmm. visit us. So, Thank you. So, oh, you're quite welcome. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Mary. So, so you know, I, I mean, I've been around a while. I know that in Texas, mm-hmm. you know, legally, you couldn't really even right. say that for quite some time. So talk to me about your journey, I, your wife, and uh, I, how long you've all been married. Sure. Um, I'd be happy to. Um, first of all, I've had two husbands. You, okay. <laughs> So you had two husbands. I've had two husbands okay. and a wife. I've had quite the journey. I've been sober 33 years. Oh, this is good. There's good. not much you can ask me or tell me that I haven't either done or I won't reply to. But, you know, I, I got married young. Mm-hmm. I had um, my first son while I was still drinking. I, uh, I was not sober yet. And um, um, I was married to another what I thought at that time and focused on was an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, we certainly drank together. Yeah. And were you um, in Texas? No, I was in Arizona and I had this first son and he was born with, um, congenital heart defects. And at the time it was many years ago, it was 1979 and, and nothing was really known about fetal alcohol effect or any of that, you know? And, uh, I drank through my pregnancy and, and didn't, we didn't know. I mean, nobody said don't drink. I mean, they would say, oh, a couple of glasses of wine won't hurt you. And, and in my world, they were very large glasses. (laughs) And so, and so I didn't know to not drink or smoke during pregnancy. That was all information that came much later. Right. And uh, my son was born with um, congenital heart defects, and he was diagnosed the night he was born. Um, he, he had he had um, he he had no more he could, wouldn't survive, and there was nothing they could do. They weren't doing infant infant uh, heart transplants or anything at the time. So so nineteen years nineteen years nineteen days later, his name was Jared, and he died. And um, and and I. Um, continued to drink, not knowing or thinking for one second that any of that was related. I got pregnant again and had my second son, Garrett, um, who's going to be 40 soon. And I think it's remarkable that we're both 40 in the same year. But anyway, and then, <laughs> and then, um, and then I got sober when he was five. And and um, um, and this is all with husband number one. Yes, correct. Just and mentioned. and I looked at my son one day and and. Uh, well, first of all, all I could see was my, my husband at the time was all I could see was his alcoholism. You know, he was drinking too much. His drinking was bothering me. Things were escalating quickly in terms of violence, verbal and, and, and physical violence around the house. 
And, and I, I was complaining to people about that a lot. And one day I heard myself, you know, it was like a, it was like a spiritual awakening that I, I couldn't identify as such, but I heard myself and I thought, if he is that sick and he is that bad, then why are you there? And so, and so, um, someone told me about the fellowship of Al-Anon and they said, well, if he's an alcoholic, you should go here. So I walked into an Al-Anon meeting and I sat down with eight lovely, lovely women with little Peter Pan collars and pearls around their necks. And I was not that. And um, it was the 80s. You know, I had big hair and four-inch spiked heels. And is this still in Arizona? Yes. And so I walked in and I sat down with them and they handed me the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous because they, they worked their program out of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And they handed me that book and they said, read the 164 pages, honey, and get your focus off of him and put it on yourself. And that was my first experience of conscious, my conscious experience of divine intervention. Like I got that I was being given a message. So I took that big book home. So the Al-Anons basically... The Al-Anons right introduced the bat, me. Right. The Al-Anons introduced yeah. me to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. And I love Al-Anon. I do too. I do too. I love the I people do too. in Al-Anon. I do too. And, uh, it's Absolutely. A, they, they are a gift, uh, Absolutely. gift to me. So. Absolutely. And me. Yeah. So, um, so I read the first 164 pages underlining every single sentence that applied to him. Right. <laughs> Not that I need that other program, you understand. But anyway, so under, and then all of a sudden, about halfway through, probably, well, not even, probably in the description of the alcoholic, I began to identify. And it scared me. Mm. It scared me, and it softened me all at once. Right. That's and a I, great way to put it. I start, It scared yes. me, and it softened me. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a... That is a wonderful way yeah. to put that. Such beautiful language around that. I'm sorry to interrupt That's you. Right. Go ahead. I poured one last extremely large glass of wine. <laughs> and, um, and I decided that I'd try those Al-Anons one more time. So I went to another Al-Anon meeting. Only I sat down in the back row and when the meeting started, I realized I was in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. Oh. And... A lady in front of me turned around and said, Honey, is this your first meeting? And I said, Oh, no, I went to Al-Anon last week or whatever, two days ago. And she said, Well, this is a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. And here's the second moment of divine intervention. I heard out of my mouth these words. No, I think I'm in the right room. <sighs> and what it was more than anything, I think, was my ego, because I really didn't want to look stupid. <laughs> I want to get up and look like I went in the wrong room, mm -hmm. right? So my ego almost killed me. But in the end, God used my ego to save my life. So even though, did you have an inkling at that time? I mean, I know you were underlining things, you know, kind of mm -hmm. thinking about mm -hmm. your husband. Mm -hmm. But did you have an inkling down inside that you may be an alcoholic as well? Or did, was, no, was not, that to come later? Not until I read the text. Yes. When I read the text, I, I thought, I think that way. I drink that way. Mm -hmm. I think that way. I am the director. I, you know, I am always angry. I am full of resentment. I am, you know, I would roll in the morning. I would wake up and if he was still breathing, I was really angry because <laughs> that wasn't what I prayed for the night before. You know, that's the alcohol. That's how alcoholism looks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how my alcoholism looked at the time. 
All right, so so that that's your so it, so that was your first meeting, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you remember from that first meeting? Was it eventful? Oh was gosh, it uneventful? Yes. I'll never forget my first meeting. I got sober in a in a group of individuals in in Maryvale, Arizona, which is a suburb of Phoenix, and it was it was uh, 1985, and it was and it was old school AA, you know. Mm-hmm. And this man shared... A lot shared, of smoke in the room. Yes, a lot of smoke in the room. Mm-hmm. Lot, and, and this man shared... We had people in, in AA then, like, they were called Injun Joe. Like, totally... Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't be doing this. Politically, now, politically incorrect. incorrect. You know, it wouldn't be lesbian Mary. It would be, you know, like... But it would have been then. So there was another Mary in my home group, and they called her Old Mary, and they called me Young Mary. That didn't go over big. But anyway, there was Injun Joe and... Black Wally and you know like there were these names and so there was Toledo Joe and and I'll never forget him because he became he became <laughs> he became one of my angels you know one of my one of my mentors one of my guides through early sobriety and he was an Irish man and he was from Toledo Ohio and he knew Abby and he knew you know he knew the old time like he knew those guys and he talked that night about living under a bridge with his socks tucked in, his pants tucked in his socks so the rats wouldn't climb up his pant legs and bite him at night. And how, and how um, in, a, in a cardboard box, that's where his alcoholism had gotten, had taken him. And he was talking about that. And, he, and then he, but what he did was he talked about, he talked about the transformation that happened in him when he drank alcohol, how that cardboard box became his palace. Mm-hmm. And he became indignant if people gave him crappy alcohol, right? right? You know, like, here's this guy living under a bridge going, I'm not drinking that rot gut. You know, bring me right. something good. <laughs> and that, and I want you to know that I had never lived under a bridge. I had never lost my, lost my home. I had never lost a marriage. I was desperately trying to get to lose it. Mm. But I hadn't lost it yet. <laughs> not through lack of trying. Right. <laughs> but I totally understood alcoholism when he talked about that. How when that booze hit his throat... And went down to his stomach how everything changed. Everything changed. Mm-hmm. And that's what alcohol did for me. Right. It was an instant love affair. Right. So that was the first meeting with Injun Joe and such. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's go a little bit farther now. You're, 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 it sounds like you're hanging on to a, by a thread to the marriage. Right. Uh, how much longer, I'm assuming the marriage ended eventually. Oh, how yeah. much longer did that? When work? I went to Alcoholics Anonymous, we separated. And, and Garrett, I'll tell you one of the reasons that one of the, one of the um, probably one of the things that God used more than anything for me to, to be motivated to get sober and stay sober. Mm-hmm. Because I looked at my son. And how old was he at this he time? Was, he was, uh, before, just before I got sober, he turned five just uh, a month after. Okay. Uh, no, a month before. Um, and I remember looking at him thinking, he deserves one sober parent. And I can't do anything about his drinking. Right. But the, these people, like I wanted what you had. I walked into a room full of people who, 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 who were living life on life's terms. Now, I didn't understand that. I couldn't do that before then, but I understood that stuff was happening in their lives and they were functioning and they were laughing and they were holding each other up. And I, honest to God, I sat in the back of the room thinking, God, I hope I drank enough. I hope they don't make me leave, you know? (laughs) And so I got sober and we separated and uh, eventually divorced about a year later. Okay, gotcha. 
So then, okay, now you're in sobriety. And so Garrett's of uh, uh, five or six right, at this right. time. You're you're moving on in sobriety. Mm-hmm. Tell me about. I guess your your first swim through the steps uh what that mm-hmm. meant through you you know maybe a, a, mm-hmm. a if a sponsor was right. involved and right what happened there so i chose my sponsor because um because she was full of joy and full of love and full of laughter and it had been forever since i'd heard the sound of my own laughter mm. and i'd always lived my life in a basically joyful but my alcoholism had taken away it had robbed me from any sense of joy I lived in this doom and gloom place, kind of surrounded by um, idiots, you know, in, right. in my own mind, right. you know, thinking that everyone was screwing up my life. But, but um, I asked her to sponsor me, and, and, she, and she was, and still is, I just surprised her at her 45th sobriety birthday. Mm. For, 40th sobriety birthday, sorry. Back in Arizona? I went to Arizona and surprised her with all my old home group friends. But she, but she, she took me through the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. I had known a God of my understanding that was vengeful and scary, and um, you know I had been raised in churches, and and I had um, you know believed my 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 receiver's been broken from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So all I got was that I was never going to live up to what was expected of me, and I was in deep trouble. So I might as well just drink and have a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and she took me one day on my third step. I'll never forget this. This was precious. She was a parochial school teacher, and she took me to the chapel. And part of what allowed me to come to believe in something different was that I watched the God in you. Mm-hmm. I watched her have a relationship with a loving God, with a, with a God with a sense of humor. I heard her say things that I was thinking out loud mm-hmm. and know that God loved her, right. you know? And, and that wasn't the God I knew. And so she took me to this chapel and she sat me down and she said, she scared me to death because she says, I'm, I have someone I want you to meet. And I thought she was going to set me up on a date or something, you know what I mean? And, 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 and I, I do not like her taste in men particularly, <laughs> but anyway. So, so, I, so, I, so I sat down with her and, I, and she takes me in this chapel, sits down, holds my hand and she says, God, I want you to meet Mary. Mary, this is God. He loves you. He loves you and there's nothing you can ever do. There's nothing you've ever done that can make him not love you. I've never heard if, that before. If, it doesn't matter what you do. He'll love you. And, and I was transformed. My relationship with God was born that day. Wow, so you got an actual introduction. I've never yeah, heard that, that done precious? before. Isn't that precious? That is fantastic. Yeah, I love she's it. precious. She's a pretty neat lady. So, so what was the when you went back for the uh, the the birthday party? What, I mean, what oh, was that, that was like? an amazing that was amazing experience. Um, my friend Janice, who is um, uh, um, five years older than I am in sobriety, she was having it at her at her home, and my good friend Beverly that I got got sober with. Um, uh, she knew I was coming and picked me up at the airport, and uh, so we surprised everybody. Oh. And and I was standing in the backyard when Janice walked out, and she just burst into tears. Oh. And then, and then my sponsor, my first sponsor, she walked in the room and she was hugging everybody, saying hello, 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 hello. And she hugged me and said hello. And then she went to the next person, and went, wait a minute, you know. <laughs> and, and it was it was just the most. It was just, you know, you know, it was like coming home, like those people raised me. Yeah. Like they gave me their, they bared their souls to me. Right. And they, and they, and they drew me in, you know, and, and, and I believed because they are who they are. I'm sober today. Good for you. Yeah. You have mentioned a phrase in the past. It says, uh, you said uh, that you believe that 
if I if I remember this phrase correctly, you believe that uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is a great love story. Yeah, and, uh, so yeah, absolutely. Talk to me. What do you mean? I mean, dive mm-hmm. into that a little bit. Well, I've been raised in sobriety by I've had two sponsors during my during my uh, experience in sobriety. I've been taken through the steps, you know, the first time, like we all go through them to the, the best of our ability. Yeah. And and I was never, I was always taught that that this was a gift of love from God. I remember the first time I realized that I was worthy of God's love. The first time. And it was when I was working on my fourth step. And I was just feeling like a piece of poop, you know, like, you know, like we're dragging up all this stuff and we're having to face the reality Mm -hmm. and we're having to get mad again all over at the (laughs) people we thought we didn't have resentments (laughs) against, you know, because I came in here with no resentment. And then, you know, we're doing all that heavy lifting and that writing to the best of our ability. And I remember lying in bed that night and I remember saying to God, I can't be, I can't do this. And then I remember thinking about what a miracle this program is. Mm-hmm. And, and then it occurred to me that I'd been brought to the rooms by something greater than myself, that something that loved me so much. Yeah. And then the idea that I could trace that act, that thing, back to two men, back to two men who sat together and God absolutely, I believe, anointed this whole thing that, 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 that my being present in a room of Alcoholics Anonymous could be traced back to that moment, I said, you know what? God must love drunks, <laughs> you know, because, because here he gave us something. Now, trust me, I've been raised in churches. I'd read the Bible. I'd, I'd been exposed to all of that. None of it, none of it sank into my heart like the words from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous did. Yeah. And there's nothing really new in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, really. I mean, a lot of it's from from scripture, right. you know, and from previous writings. Yeah. And so when I looked at it and I said, oh my goodness, he inspired something that's written in language that I can understand. Right. That's just, that is an incredible love story. Right. That is a package that when it is laid at your feet, if you complain about the wrapping, you are going to miss the gift. <laughs> Open it. You know, take the ribbon off. Mm. You go, sister. Right. I like that. Okay, do I hear a name? Amen. I like that. That's a sermon I can go with right there. Um, all right. So, uh, all right. So let's let's go back here a little bit. So mm-hmm. obviously, you're you know a year or two into sobriety. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned there's another man in there somewhere. So. <laughs> Yeah, so was that, we'll go with one. Was it? Well, <laughs> right, at right. least one. Right, right. right. Well, you know, you know. Was it Boy Me's Girl on AA Campus? No, was it? Similar, yes. Yeah. He was sober. He had seven years longer than I. And, yeah. and we and we uh, ended up marrying. And uh, he was 20 years older. Mm-hmm. And we were together 23 years. You know, we did this thing together right. 23 years. And oh. so... Um, no you know, from n- No, um, we raised uh, Garrett together. He adopted Garrett. I have two stepkids. I yeah. have a bunch of grandkids that I'm absolutely crazy about, and yeah. they're all, most all grown. I have a couple of little ones. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we had almost 23 years together, and then and then we, um, you know, we went our Did separate Did you do ways. all the AA stuff oh, yeah. together? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We went that... to three meetings a week. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to I share with people that, 
you know, my journey, my program, my relationship with God, my relationship to the steps, my relationship to my sponsor, that's all evolved and changed. Right. And it isn't this week what it was last week. True. And so what who I, mean, I was, you know, in my 40s and in my, you know, I've been, I'm like old, you know, and, and I know I look good. But you not, look great. Anyway, but, you know, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm old. And so in those, in those decades, you know, those decades, the way this all looked and the way my program looked is not the way it looks today. Right. And, and the beautiful thing about that is every single experience I had, I had to have to be who I am today. Right. And I get that. Right. You know? Like the relationship I have with my sponsor today mm. is not exactly what I needed in the beginning. Right. right? I mean, it right. was like, exactly. he was like babysitting me in the beginning, yes. you know? Now, some, some of it's the same, you know, you have yeah. to talk and yeah. have discussions yeah. and such, yeah. but... That uh, uh, I always say that I just pray that I'm not the same guy in five years that I am today, right? I don't mm-hmm. want to keep living mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. experience over and mm-hmm. over. I don't want my relationship to God to be different Absolutely. than it is today. Absolutely. Uh, or I do want it to be different than it is today. I want it to evolve. Okay, so, all right, so you did uh, 23 years Yeah, now. yeah, we were together 23 years, yeah. And um, uh, anything significant with those 23 years you want to talk about yeah, we before had we move it, on? No, we, we, you know, we had a lot of fun. We had a great life together. We lived the best we knew how. And, all in, in sobriety, no, we went to we moved to Colorado. Okay, uh, when he retired, we moved to southwestern Colorado. We lived on 17 acres and had horses. And you know, I've just had a like I, you know, I met a guy one time in Colorado, and every time you'd talk about something, he'd go, Oh, I did that, or I did that. And, and I'd say to him, Are you like 150 years old? <laughs> and then I hear my own story, and I go, God, I'm starting to sound like him, you know. <laughs> But but um, but I had this extremely delicious life, full of just tons of experiences right. and tons of different lives, and and I lived on this 17 acres in Colorado. And I had horses and miniature horses and Arabians and and oh, wow. a small 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 AA community, recovery community, very small, very basic yeah. AA community there, um, and and um, and that was a very painful, really hard. Um, really hard divorce it was really painful and 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 separation and 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 um and my son left for iraq at the same time as a captain you know so it was really that was my 19th year of sobriety and i would i would i would sit here and tell you with all honesty and a completely open heart that it was the most broken i'd ever been in my life yeah i thought I would never find my way through that forest, that dark forest, that that dark night of the soul. And and I and I I want you to know that I didn't believe God loved me. I didn't believe God was there for me. I didn't believe that there was a God. Mm-hmm. I I lost all contact with God and what happens when you do that is you lose hope. Mm-hmm. And and those are the people in our in our in our program that that kill themselves or go back to and Go back to drinking. Go back out. Twenty years is not a, nineteen years is not a guarantee. You know, life happens, and it can be incredibly painful. I continue to call my sponsor. I continue to sit with her. I continue to do steps. I continue to go to meetings. And the only thing that I can tell you that saved me was that there was something inside of me that knew that you were still in the light, even though I was in the darkness. And so I knew to put my hand in your hand and allow you to walk me back into the light slowly. It turns out that that was probably one of the most extraordinarily um, spiritually 
charged growth periods of my sobriety, I found God in a way that I would have never found him or her otherwise. Right. In the dark night. Absolutely. Right. And I thought, if it's, look, instead of beating myself up about it, because, you know, that's what we do. Like, we sit in meetings and we compare ourselves to everybody else, Mm -hmm. right? And we think if we have 20 years, we're supposed to have it all together. It's supposed to look a certain way. And, you know, we're going to sound all good and la, 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 la. And I would sit in meetings and just cry my eyes out. And people would come up to me and tap me on the shoulder and say, oh, honey, would you would you like a, um, a desire chip? And I just want to kill them, you know? Right, right. <laughs> no, I'm just in pain. Like sometimes the alcoholic who still suffers right. is the old timer. That's right. You know? Yeah, and we have a tendency not to notice it in the old timers for whatever, or, or minimize it. Or assume they're doing something wrong, or they're right. not doing something right. That's right. That's right? What, yeah. When did you call your sponsor last? Right. Like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. We don't handle grief well. Mm-hmm. See, I don't handle emotion well. That's mm-hmm. why I drank. Mm-hmm. I come to meetings because you give me tools in order to, you give me solutions other than alcohol. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay, so... I, um, so here, I'm just going to ask questions. Sure, right? of course. So when you got out of that marriage, what what was it you that prompted it? Was it the, the ex-husband? When did you... I, there's some sort of bridge here that happened from you being married sure. to a man sure. to being married to a woman nowadays. Can you... <laughs> I mean, right? You know what? They're, those bridges aren't that long. <laughs> anyway, so 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 um, uh, my my divorce had nothing to do with my wife. First of all, um, you know, um, the truth is, I, I think, I don't think I'm alone in this. I think when we're younger, when we're, um, we're really fortunate if we, if we marry and we're able to grow together, mm-hmm. right? Right. We're able to both go in the same direction and grow together. We agreed and did a dance. We had, we, we both knew the dance steps to it, right? When you say we, you're talking about your ex-husband. My ex-husband, yeah. We, we knew the dance and we knew it well. And I got to a point in my life where I began to um, see that um, it was very, um, I, well, let me just say it. I just had a history of ending up in, in verbally abusive relationships gotcha. and, and thinking that that was life, that that was normal. You right. know, that was all my work to do, right. all my work to do. And um, when I did my work, it wasn't acceptable anymore. Gotcha. Right. And so only one of us did the work. Gotcha. And, 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 and so... Um, for me and my relationship with God, for me, it was either um, I either had to go and continue to grow. I mean, there was no other choice. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, it just couldn't be. It right. just couldn't be. And it was time. And I don't, and I think we, just as human beings, kind of judge all of that and want to say, you know, that being, you should, being married 45 years is, is the goal. Right. I have a sponsor today who sat across from me and she said, who's to say that being married 45 years to one man is any more valuable than being married 45 times one year to 45 different men? Right. Who's to say that? Right. You know, we just don't know. And so, and so, um, you know, I, I dropped Jesus the, with the woman at the well. Yeah. And I dropped the shame bag mm-hmm. at the door right. a long right. time ago. Right. You know, this is my journey. Right. Right. Like, 
So it sounded to me, and this is how I would interpret it, and you let me know if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, like you were living this life with mm-hmm. the ex-husband for 19 years or whatever mm-hmm. it was. It sounded like in some form or fashion you felt like you were living a lie, a little bit of hypocritical, or am I am I hearing that wrong? No, 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 no. I, I just kind of woke up. I just kind of came to at one point in right. my life and went, After, wait a minute. This is not what I want. Wait a minute. I don't think anybody deserves to be um, in a relationship that's, abusive in any way right and up to that point I just thought that was a relationship I just thought that was a relationship so it was about my you know it was about my change is there any change in me there's just no question about that you know and um and then um and then in 19 in 19 whoa no no in 2012 I was a single and living in San Antonio. So you moved from, so somehow you got from Colorado, Colorado to, to San Antonio. Yeah. So I'm, and what so brought I, that? Where how'd you pick San Antonio? I didn't pick San Antonio. I was, in, I was in a, oh God, this is all sounding so sordid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was I was in another relationship. Okay. That ended up moving there, and so with um, the man? And then and yes, and okay. then I and then that that was you know, that was like one of those frying pan into the fire kind of things. People, <laughs> people, people. <laughs> So I'm here to tell you that, you know, you live all this stuff out loud. You know, I live this stuff out loud in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And you know what had happened? What made what 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 happens when you do that is it allows other people who are going through this kind of painful experience, who are having these experiences in life to be able to be honest and to not feel like there's something wrong. That's right. You know, Um, and and so um, so anyway, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, a really aggressive form of breast cancer in 2012. Out of nowhere. I mean, it was a total God thing. It was God went out of his way. <laughs> it was an incidental finding, you know, and it was very early and very small and extremely aggressive. And um, they rushed me into uh, chemo. Like, I mean, they did, a, they did a lumpectomy and rushed me into chemo. <sighs> and I was, so here's the cool thing about all that. First of all, I'm sitting in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, women's meeting. I went to a lot of women's meetings. My home group was a women's meeting. And I'm in this meeting, and someone asked me, um, are you angry? Have you gotten angry yet? And I said, no. As a matter of fact, I was lying in bed last night with my dog. Regarding the, the, disease, breast cancer. the breast cancer. And I, and I put my hands on my breasts, and I spoke to my cancer, and I said, welcome. I'm so glad you've come. Because I know you've come to teach me something profound, something deep. I know you're not going to leave me the way you found me. And then I said to my cancer, don't get too comfy because <laughs> we're coming at you, you know. But, I, but I, I really felt that my soul had called to it the experience that it needed to have to grow closer and deeper still to God. My biggest fear, my greatest fear, in my, 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 my new sponsor I picked up in 2007 and, and she's, She's just an amazing, amazing woman. The most non-judgmental, love-filled. Um, I mean, her God is so big. Neither one of us can even begin to describe it, you know. Mm. And I and I did a thorough, fearless fear inventory in my life for the first time. A deep fear inventory, most powerful inventory I'd ever done in my life. And in that inventory, I discovered that, that my fears had driven my decisions in relationships. My fears had driven um, my decision to um, settle, to allow myself to be, 
to look the other way, to be treated a way that I shouldn't have allowed because I was so afraid to be alone. I was so afraid to be alone. So here I am facing breast cancer mm-hmm. all alone, mm-hmm. all alone. How did, how delicious is that? <laughs> like, right? Like, 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 I, all I could think of was this is going to be good. That's great. So, you know what that reminds me of hmm. is the line in the uh, big book that says, when troubles come our way, Absolutely. we cheerfully capitalize upon them. Now, that all sounds good, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think I can do that, mm-hmm. and sometimes I think I'm very poor at that, mm-hmm. but that is God may manifest from Absolutely. my perspective. Absolutely. And how you were handling that and what your attitude was going mm-hmm. into that. And Mary, I'm not sure everyone could do that. And that is, that's a mm-hmm. testament to your faith mm-hmm. and your growth and your experience as a human being. Thank you. I think it's a testament to God. I think it's a testament to grace. Oh, that's a beautiful word. I think it's a testament to grace. You know, I had to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that I was never alone. I got to have that experience. You know, I was thinking, oh, God, what if I am so sick and I fall, you know, like this is what alcoholics do, right? I'm going to tell the story. It's going to have a crappy ending. What if I get sick and I fall in the bathtub and I hit my head and then I die? You know, and the, and, right? And the dog can't call 911, you know, and, and what, somebody should be here. Yeah. Well, what happened is that all of a sudden I became important enough to me mm-hmm. to not have someone with me that was abusive, right? Mm-hmm. To not have someone with me just to have a body there, mm-hmm. to trust God enough to know that all my needs would be met. And I'm here to tell you, they were all met. Great. So obviously, you're sitting with me here today. Mm-hmm. Five the, years. Mm-hmm. So, was that, so I, that mm-hmm. went successful. Yeah, though. it was a humdinger, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it was a doozy, but we, we, we're here five years later, all clear, all clear. You know, every day is a miracle for me, really. And uh, I met my wife at a meeting, at a women's meeting. Um, I'd never been attracted to women before. When I was sick, my body was dying. I was very, very sick from the chemo. And, you know, they, they tell you that, you know, that the cancer may not kill you, but the cure will. Yeah. And I got toxic from one of my medications, and they didn't know it early enough. And so I, I was... I mean, I absolutely was very near death, and I was alone at night, and I was laying in bed meditating and praying, and and um, I had this experience where I actually left my body. I felt my soul and my spirit, you know, sort of going. And and but the cool thing is, is that wait, wait, hold, hold on, go yeah, back to that. I had so. this experience where I felt it, my soul, my spirit left my body. I mean, I felt this connection to everything, to to God, yeah. to creation. And there was nothing but joy. There and was, was, and once again, this was during the chemo. During yeah. the chemo, and, yeah. and you were very uh, sick, very yeah. sick way. And there was no fear, and it was just joy. And I was like, I just wanted to be there and go there. So there was this sense that this would be good. Mm-hmm. Like this big fear about dying, buha. You know, and so I was like, okay. And then I looked at my body, and I thought I had this this deep sense and understanding. So you're outside of yourself. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Basically, so right? this deep sense within myself and this understanding to my core that it didn't matter about my body. It didn't matter if my body was dying. It didn't matter if my body was a size six, which has always been my goal. But you know, look at me seriously. And you know, it was like it was, you know, all the stuff I ever drank over. All the stuff, you know, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't blonde enough. I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't, you know, I didn't fit in. I didn't feel right in my skin. All that stuff, I got clearly. Every cell in my body understood that none of it mattered. 
It's all white noise. It's all white noise. That, that this experience I was having, this connection with creation, was nothing but love. You know, it was nothing but whole, pure deliciousness. You know, there was nothing that mattered beyond that. So when I met her, I met Brenda, we started, well, I said her name, um, we started to, um, have, That's okay. we, we met as friends, we met mm-hmm. as friends in, 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 a, in a meeting, and, and uh, what and I saw in her, and this is in San Antonio? Yeah, in okay. a women's meeting, and what I saw in her was, was God, it was this, this is, was this beautiful, brilliant light, and it, this, and, and just on the timeline, and you, were you done with the oh, yeah. chemo? By yeah. this no, point? no, okay. no. I had just, I was just, actually, I met her just before I started chemo. Just before you started. But we didn't start having um, lunches or breakfast together for uh, several weeks. But <laughs> but I met her at this meeting, and, and what I saw in her was God. What I saw in her was this deeply rooted, whole force of nature filled with the force, filled with God, you know, just light. And, and I remember she was speaking at a meeting that night at a, at a fellowship's anniversary. Mm-hmm. I didn't know of her. I didn't hear of her ever, anybody, nothing. And I went to hear her, and, and she is, uh, 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 please don't miss her. Please don't miss her. OMG. <laughs> I mean, you'll never be the same. And, and I heard her speak that night, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that was extraordinary. I mean, she just, like, she just, I mean, you just calip- catapulted into the fourth dimension when you hear her yeah. tell her story. And, and, and God said to me, don't miss this. I have sent this. She's here for your healing. Don't miss it. So I went into chemo. And a few weeks later, I, um, I called her and said, um, let's go have pie. Because I just, you know, you're, when you're on chemo, you just eat stuff. <laughs> and so we went and had pie. And then we started having breakfast every Sunday morning. And, and it wasn't like that. It wasn't a romantic thing. It, right. was, it was two sober, spiritual women sitting over breakfast every Sunday morning talking about God and their experience of God and their experience of sobriety. And, and, we, and we had six months like that, you know? And then one day I was sitting across from her and I realized I was in love with her. And I said, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. It kind of scared yeah, you? Yeah, it scared me to death. Yeah. And I called my sponsor before I got to the car and said, emergency, emergency meeting. <laughs> I said, I don't know what they put in my chemo. <laughs> Like, like that, like that. I lost my mind, you know, like, cause all of this fear and all of this ego came up, you know, like, like all of a sudden, all of this ego came into play and, and I sat with my sponsor and I did my work around that. I did my work around the fear. I did my work around how it would affect my children, what my children might do. Will they stay? Will they go? I, 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 I did a thorough fear inventory of all of that, of, of, of my, of my, uh, perceptions and my um, and my expectations of what sexuality is and what it means and and I got very very clear and I did my work because this woman that I had fallen in love with is so extraordinary she deserved that and this woman that sits before you deserved that right you know so I did all my work so everything was free and clear and I love my children with my whole heart and soul but I knew that I deserved to be loved that way my sponsor looked at me across the table and she said you know that thing that happened to you when you were sick, where God told you nothing matters and, you know, like, remember that thing? She said, what difference does it make the package it's wrapped in? Right. God bless you. Oh, that's great. So, do you, so, do you remember the conversations with your, so, okay. My well, kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. 
<laughs> okay, so so, so, so that's like a six months. Right, right. You're going to have this freak out period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so how, it was a few months before we told the kids because I wanted to make sure, you right. know, and... And and be, be does she, by the way, does she reciprocate? Oh, absolutely. Be, okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And so and so um, and so this is you have to understand this is all new and different and right. in sobriety. Hello. Right. Hello. <laughs> awake. Spiritually awake. Hello. You know. And I'm and I'm it just it was some of it was hilarious. Yeah. I have to tell you, yeah. but I'm not going to tell you. But it was comical <laughs> anyway. And then. And then, you know, my wife has this incredible sense of humor. We laugh so much. Stop it. Our life is crazy. We laugh. We talk about God. We laugh. We cry. It's delicious. But anyway, so so first I told my son, who, um, you know, is like my heart. And he was like, I knew it. Like I said, I met someone, and I and I and I can't wait for you to meet he her. He said he knew what. He says I said I met someone, and I can't wait for you to meet her. And he goes, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was a woman, like that. It's so cute. And so and so um, and so you know, he wanted to meet her right away. Yeah. She went over with me to meet them. He fell in love with her, like everyone does. Mm-hmm. He he considers. That he has two moms. Yeah. My ex-husband passed away uh, four years after we separated, which was really tragic. It was really sudden and really hard on my kids, you know, and just a shock. Um, but he loves her so much, and it's her she ca- he calls, you know. It's her he talks to. Well, he right. talks to me, too, right, but, right. But, but but you know how your kids right. use one for one thing? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's no question, you right. know. He trusts her completely, and he loves her. And then my stepchildren... Um, um, my uh, stepson and his wife were are, were involved in a uh, very fundamental church, and so I knew that it would be um, a challenge. And I I love them, and I'm very close to them, especially my daughter-in-law. And um, and I called her and I told her the truth, and she said, "I I I'm shocked." And I said, "Welcome to my world." <laughs> The line forms here, and and uh, and you know, like like she, um, I said, honey, I you know, take your time. Like I get it. Like I so get it. Take your time. And I said, and if you decide no, then I'm going to be sorry for you because you will have missed God in skin beyond your wildest dreams. You know, and so and so we, you know, we've just we've moved through our life and our marriage as if. It is what we know it is, which is meant to be four years. Four years. So, so you had described to me the 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 wedding. Was it? Well, we went to we went we had to go to uh, uh, Albuquerque to get married because it wasn't legal in Texas. You know, at the time it is now though. Yeah, yeah. So we went to Albuquerque and legally got married uh, civilly. Yeah. And then, um, and then in June we had a like a you know a wedding with like reception, a reception with the family right. and stuff, so her family could be there and all the little niece extra you know great nieces and nephews and we just had a ball. She's Hispanic and she's Latina, so we had this great big. It was a blast. All the babies were dancing <laughs> and the music was going and you know it was a completely sober event and it was, um, and it was facilitated by a friend of ours and and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Oh. You know it was just it was just. Uh, it was just beautiful. 
So how did you make it from San Antonio up here to our area? Well, a few... Um, um, and for those of you listening uh, throughout the continent, or, you know, we get people listening. I've got like a... It's uh, 28 countries now, right? Yeah. So not everyone's going to know this area. Right. Uh, uh, Mary was talking about being in San Antonio, Texas, which is down in the central part of Texas. And now she is up in uh, the Dallas, Texas area. So now you have come up here. Right. So how'd you make it up here? Well, you know, uh, Brenda and I both work a strong program, and we both work with our sponsors all the time. And we are active in the steps and active in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and in our home groups. and. And both of us had come to the conclusion quite simultaneously, which was a God thing, that, that our time was just done in San Antonio. You know, we just sort of felt like um, like we were done, you know. And moving used to just wrap. I mean, I like I grew up in Arizona, and I just thought I would grow up, live my whole life, and die there, right. you know. And what I found about moving is that it's a little difficult and a little unnerving at the beginning, but it's, it's, it is an extraordinary experience because... It forces me out of my comfort zone and I get to meet new people and I get to hear I get to hear different perspective of, of our literature, of sobriety, mm-hmm. of the journey, yeah. you know, and, and I get to go to different meetings, finding the one that works for me and the groups that fit with me and the ones that I want to be, you know. And so even though part of that is a little hard, it's also really, really growth. And right. It's a, it, it causes a growth right. spurt, you know. So she, so she hadn't taught for 10 years, and she said to me, I, 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 um, I want to go back to teaching. And I said, all right, let's go. You know, let's go. Like, that's the way we are. Like, we, like, 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 we, like I, don't, I trust God, you know. And so let's go. And so she did one interview. She got a teaching job. And she and I went and bought her a lunch pail. Hello, and that was it. You know, and the next thing I know, I'm calling the moving van, and and we're here in McKinney, and I love it here. You know, I first of all, it's a lot less humid. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, and so and you can only do that riverwalk thing when you know. So, but but uh, but you know, the cool thing about being sober, the, the, well, there's a million wonderful things about this journey is that I'm never alone, and, I, and I'm always with friends, and I walk into a room of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's up to me to let you know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I have to trust God enough to allow that to happen. You know, like, you're not going to hurt me. There's nothing you can do, really. Right. There's nothing you can do. Mm-mm. You could not like me. Mm-hmm. You could put me on your fourth step. <laughs> yeah. That probably happens a lot. There's probably people writing right now <laughs> as we speak. So, so uh, yeah, so that's how we got here. And she's she's teaching, and and it's wonderful. You well, know? I'm glad um, you're here. Yeah, I'm me too. Me too. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to do one thing here. I'm going to have you spin the wheel, okay? This is called the topic wheel. And as you can see that there's 12 steps. What you need to do is move the mouse right there, click on play. See play right there? And we get to pick out a topic. What's it going to be? Oh, it's a step. It's a step. <gasps> step 10. Okay, we, we, there's a topic wheel and a step wheel. All right, so you get to give your thoughts on step 10. I'm going to share with you this um, wonderful thing that my my sponsor has has done with me. So she's a, a you know we all know there's lots of ways to do the tenth step. You know the spot check inventory, the inventory at the end of the day. The um, oops, <laughs> oops, I didn't mean to say that. I hope I didn't hurt you. You know that kind of stuff. And by the way, let me go ahead and say this for those of you listening out there who may not know this off the top of your head. Step ten is continue to take inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Right. So this is a thing that keeps us current. This is a thing that keeps me current. 
in my life, within my spiritual connection with God. So I think the, the, the other steps are in place to clear, to clear the path, to clear the runway, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Between me and God so that I can now have a relationship with God. This is the thing that keeps that, keeps that going and keeps clearing that away. So I, I, I've learned something from my sponsor, my new sponsor, and in the last few years. And so doing a 10th step, sometimes I'll sit with sponsees and they'll be looking at me going, oh, you know, you know how you get all tangled up mm-hmm. and like you just, you're just mad and you're just right. sure they're wrong and you know, <laughs> like la 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 la. And you can sit and write, you can never figure out what your part in is because they are wronger, you yeah, know, wronger. And, they, they, and then you get, and, and so... And so she would sit across from me and we would do a 10th, we would do steps one through 10 together mm-hmm. on a piece of paper, you know? So this is what I do when there's an issue. I sit down with a piece of paper and I go, so I'm mad at so-and-so because of blah, blah, blah. How, how, is this, how is this showing up? What am I powerless over in this situation? Mm-hmm. You know, how is this unmanageable to me? And then the second step, you know? So if God were to restore me to sanity over this, how would I feel rather than how I'm feeling right now? Like I write down how I'm feeling right now. I'm angry. I'm, I don't have any peace. I'm resentful. I'm full of fear. La, 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 la. So then we do the third step. You know, then we, then we say, okay, am I willing to give it to God? Yes, I'm willing to ask God into this and give it to God. Then the fourth step. So we do those things and I get to identify in that fourth step my part in this. I don't always want to. And sometimes I'm going to tell you at 33 years sober, I need someone to sit across from me and say, this is your part. Right. (laughs) Because (laughs) I'm here to tell you this disease is cunning, baffling and powerful. And I can sit and look at it and go, yeah, I'm not seeing it. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm not seeing it. And she, and so she can, you know, I need someone outside of my head to help me see and clear that. Right. And then it's and amazing then, yeah. that the stories we lock onto right, in our head right, to justify our right. own uh, inconsistencies. Absolutely, and for someone to sit across me saying, "How are you being manipulative?" Oh, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Manipulate? Oh. And, uh, you know, and so and so um, and so then 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 the fear inventory, which is always I find. For me and for the women that I sponsor, that fear is 99% of the time driving the bus off the cliff. Right. So the fear inventory is about what is the fear? Right. Where did it come from? Mm -hmm. So where did I learn that if I was alone, I would die? Right. And if that's the lie, what's the truth? Mm -hmm. Right. And when I'm believing the lie, who's my reliance on? And when I believe the truth... Who do I rely on? Mm-hmm. So, so I've sat with women and I've had the experience myself like this. The light bulb goes on. Ah, ah. Well, I was relying on someone else for something, for my sense of well-being or for my, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And my reliance needs to be on God. Right. And it goes from that panic state to that peace just that fast. Yeah. You know? And then, and then, you know, we work through the seventh step. You know, we identified those character defects. We turn them over. And so that's the process I do. The eighth step, mm-hmm. who have I wronged? How have I wronged them? And the ninth step, who do I know an amends to? And how quickly can I get that done so I can get on with my life? Right. Yeah. Perfect. Mary, 
This has been a blast. (laughs) This has been a blast. I have enjoyed it also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you came in. Probably too many people know way too much now, but it's all right. That's all right. (laughs) We're trusting God with all that right there. That's right. That's why we're here. The the vulnerability is what helps people get through what they need to get through. All right, so I'm going to read a little bit from the uh, big book to close us out here. Uh, Page 164 says... Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. Mm. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Absolutely. One more time, Mary. Thank you so much for coming in here and sitting at the mic for the podcast. My joy. Thank you, John. You're welcome.